0: Hey guys, this is Cheryl Mudda and I am your host for the Cheryl Mura podcast. Hey, welcome back. Today we are doing part two of My Road to Jesus and this is to lay the foundation for this podcast journey going forward. I wanted you guys to know a little bit about me um, because I have a lot to share after this and um, so yeah look I'm looking to reach out to mothers, wives and women with God-given visions but if you're neither of those do stick around, something might stick out for you and perhaps you could learn something, I don't know, or be inspired. I am a mother, a wife, I am a small business owner, I have family goals, I have health and fitness goals I have financial goals as well, I love homemaking, I am currently seeking out what a career looks like for me, and I love to travel. I also love, 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 love doing ministry work for God, and pretty much that's me wrapped up in a bubble at this stage, with Jesus at the centre of it all. So in the last episode, we were able to cover quite a bit um, about where we are today as a family how conan and i met living in australia a little bit about our children how our life was leading down a path of destruction how fear and anxiety entered my world through the 2012 end of world saga um, and how i sought reprieve through a medium Um, we relocated and what that meant for us at the time we didn't know that that was actually going to change the trajectory of our life and um During 2012, we celebrated the birth of our third child, Carlisle, and Conan and I got married a few months afterwards. I also delved in a little bit into the dreams that I was having um, and how hard my heart was against God. And now looking back, it was all in preparation for what was going to happen in 2013. So grab a cuppa, whatever it is that you drink. um, Be careful, secure yourself if you're on the treadmill. And... um, you know, keep watch on the road if that's what you're doing too. If you're walking out there and enjoying enjoying the sunshine, if that's where you are. But look, um, we're about to get stuck into it now, and let me tell you all about it. So it is early two thousand and thirteen, and I hadn't had my period yet. I said to Conan, "Surely I am not pregnant. Surely." Carlisle was only six months old and yeah, I needed to go and get a test. So I went up the road and I got a test from the local supermarket. I came home and took the test. Now, I was also trying to like actively lose weight here and get healthier and all this stuff. Lose weight was probably the biggest one. I've been overweight since, like since 20, since I don't even know how it happened, but I've been struggling with weight, put it that way. So I was really looking forward to this journey and um, took the test and there were two blue lines to say that I was pregnant and I wasn't ready. I was freaking out and I didn't want to have, I didn't want to be pregnant. So mum was visiting and she said it's going to be all right and she reassured me she was visiting from New Zealand. I said to her, I don't know about this. And she said, it's going to be fine. I said, okay. And I went back to the room and I laid with Conan and I said, we're going to be parents of two little babies. And wow. And we smiled and, you know, but I was still dealing with those feelings of like, what is happening? Like I wasn't ready. Anyway, I was doing some squats in my room and I was like I'm gonna still get fit I'm gonna still do this even though I'm carrying a baby and I was doing squats and I needed to go toilet and when I went to the toilet I felt something drop in the toilet and then there was just blood everywhere and um I started to cry because I thought it was my fault I was like all this you know ungratefulness for myself and now I'm not pregnant and it's my fault so Again, mum came in. I called out to mum. She came in. She said, everything's going to be all right. We'll go to the doctors tomorrow. So we went to the doctors the following day, and they sent me off for a scan. And they were looking for a heartbeat, really. And they were going to need to help me to um, clean out if that's what needed to be done. But I'm laying there, and there's this little blip on the screen and moving. And I'm thinking, what is that? And (laughs) And the doctor says, that's the heartbeat. And I was like, so I'm pregnant again. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, we're doing this. We are doing this. So, so it was 2013. And, you know, I wasn't a person who wanted to go to playgroups or hang out with um, other mums. And I think the reason for that is because by nature, I'm an introvert. You put me in a room with lots of people and I don't know what to do. But get me in front of a camera by myself or doing this kind of stuff. It's like, it's my own world, so I can do what I want to do. Um, yeah, and also, I did notice this about myself, is that I love real, authentic relationships. So I avoided all those types of places, like play groups and mum groups and all that kind of stuff. Mum said to me, we should walk to the library. And I thought, okay, let's do that. Like, let's, you know, let's get my body ready for and prepare my body for birth again soon. Um, The library was three kilometres away. And we walked up to the library together. That was great. We got there and there's a sign outside that says playgroup. And my mum says, you should go and check it out. And I just thought, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to go into the library. But somehow mum managed to get me down, walking down that corridor towards that playgroup room. When they opened the door, there were two very sweet Polynesian faces. That answered the door. I looked to the right and I saw on the bench like the most beautiful fruit platter, and I, you know, I wanted to be in that room. Like I was like, I want to be here. And you guys are really nice. And um, it was very warm. It was just something. It was a. It was something about the room. I I know what I'm talking about now, but at that time I don't. I didn't have any idea. So I started going to this play group. Mum had returned back to New Zealand, and I was going every week for six weeks. Now, the, one of the woman's mother, mother-in-law, I think she was, started doing karakia for, for snack time. And I thought, it made me uncomfortable. Like, I was like, she's praying. And um, I hadn't heard that in a long time. But I went along with it. And I was like, okay, this is cool. So I started warming up to it that way. And then without knowing, the reason that these two women were here is they had recently moved from Porirua, Wellington. And uh, they were there because one of the ladies, she was actually a pastor's wife and a pastor herself. They were there to plant a church. And so they invited us and Conan and I eventually went to to one of their church services and it was surreal. I mean, this uh, Pentecostal style, they're raising their hands, praising God. And I was like, this is so weird. What is happening? And me and Conan like looked at each other and laughed, and we ref- we refused to sing the song. Like the words were on the wall, <laughs> we just refused to sing the song. That I'm telling you this because it shows you how hard my how hard my heart was still, even though all these things had happened. So when the pastor had got up and he started to preach, it was like both Conan and I looked at each other, and we were like, "He's talking about our life." Did someone tell him about our life like he is talking about us and um but that's the way the Holy Spirit works in a church the Holy Spirit in the pastor was in the Holy Spirit in me um, it, it it was resonating something was happening and the heart was softening and we Conan and I were all of a sudden like really open to all of this because he was speaking without about our situation without knowing our situation, um, so we went along the next weekend and the next weekend. Just everything that was coming off the pulpit was helping our life and was making us see things a lot clearer. Like we wanted to change our life, we didn't. We could see the things that weren't good for us, and we wanted to change them, and we were changing them slowly. So, um, Q started to go to the youth group, and she loved it. She loved it so much, like she even prayed before I even knew how to pray she encountered the Holy Spirit before I even did she was just free um, so I got a bit offended because the pastor's wife who was my friend it seemed as though that deep connection of relationship that I thought we had wasn't there now I'm not blaming her Because now I understand. I understand that she did not intentionally do that to me. It's just the way it can happen sometimes. I think we need to be a bit more careful with who we befriend. That's just my opinion. Um, It's helpful for the person you're befriending because they put their trust in you and they begin to value you. And so when you're not aware of that, sometimes you can carry on doing what it is that you're doing without looking back. Now, I, I'm i very aware of that myself. So when I, for example, if I say to someone, I'm going to pray for you or I'm going to visit you or I'm going to call you, I will follow up on that. There's no way that I'm going to like not do it because I know how it felt for me. And if I'm going to befriend somebody and have that connection, I'll tell them. But it, I will also tell them if I think the purpose of our relationship is for say, prayer or for the season then i will tell them also so i don't um want anyone to feel the way i did because i turned away from the church and i didn't want to go anymore and so i used to just drop Q off to church and i used to get cranky with her because she'd take her time coming out of church and i'd like drop her off in my pajamas like i'd be like driving her to church and then go home and then pick her up at the time it was supposed to finish and she's just like taking her good old time now thinking back like i was you know, getting cranky with her about that, but I would do anything for her to have that back today. I would wait outside the church for an hour if that's what it took because now I know how precious it is to have a relationship with God like that. Unfortunately, um, something had happened to her and maybe I could talk about that later on, but something had happened to her that, that severed that relationship between her and God um, and we I had no idea about it at the time. Um... All I just saw was that our daughter was rebelling and didn't want anything to do with the church anymore and I, I didn't know. So um, as far as I know, like I know what's happened to her, but as far as I know, it wasn't the church that hurt her. She just says that she wanted to know where God was when she had been hurt. So um, that could be another topic for another time. So anyway, um dropping her off, I we stopped going to church and then we were invited by other friends of ours to go to another church and I really didn't want to do that because at that stage my mind was like they're all the same like I don't want to do this anymore the <laughs> the church is like Bad, 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 bad. And I, you know what I mean? Like it, the whole experience ruined it for me. But we went anyway, like they were persistent and, but in a kind and caring way, it was always our decision. No one ever forced us to do anything. It was the the spirit inside of me that was just like, look, I'm drawn to this. I want to go. And I was drawn back to the church. And so for three years or almost three years, Conan and I attended this church and it's crazy, crazy, crazy to think about it now. But we would turn up every week on a Sunday, sit in a chair, not even raise our hands, not even sing the song sometimes, and then, like, go home. And that was it. And so I was like, somehow I survived on that. I couldn't survive on that now. I, I cannot. Like, I'm such a, um. for me, I, I'm an active um, I'm an active believer like I go there expecting God to show up and I go there looking for the next opportunity to love someone or speak encouragement into someone's life so totally different to what I am now to what I was then but God had a plan for that and we ended up sitting next to a pastor and again I didn't even know he was a pastor him and his wife and he asked us over for dinner, and I said I looked at Conan and I said, "Oh, this guy wants us to go for dinner." And Conan's like, "Oh, yep, <laughs> food, eh? Food, food will get someone in your house." But we went to dinner, and like again, this our friend, he ended up becoming our pastor. But um, he, I remember him talking about this and worship and and New Zealand and and what else? Just stuff and it was like it was blowing over our head because we didn't understand and he was talking about spiritual things and it was blowing over our head but it also still stuck because I remember you know the the singer the worship singer that he had admi- he had admired and uh yeah so it did make a difference right so they ended up planting a church and what got me is like he was holy spirit led it's what he said he wants to work here he wants to operate in the um signs and wonders um we found ourselves at, ourselves at um the pre-launch meetings like we were going to these things and uh, we ended up becoming a part of this church. So 2016 that is our church journey, right? Our life journey, our children and all that it was a it was shambles. Like Conan was in and out of work constantly because a empty promise of a business opportunity opportunity presented itself which caused us to leave a house that was secured at $330 where everybody was very comfortable and we wanted to go to this double double size of a house like a I think it was five or six bedrooms and um, we brought a horse and a motorbike for the kids and we took four of our children up there and wanted to pay $650 of rent because of this business opportunity and we were really deceived in the whole lot like it didn't mean that our life was going to be better at this big house it wasn't we had no one visit like because it was so out in the in the sticks a bit from where we were so we were quite lonely and we had this big mansion style home and the work dried up again and but this one was more hurtful because this was a business opportunity that was promised and it didn't it didn't um it wasn't fruitful at all. Every week we were chasing money just to pay our six hundred and fifty dollars worth of rent. We couldn't even put food on the table again. Like I remember thinking, how did this happen? How did this happen? Um, and so we had to fight our way back into a smaller rental. We were moving from we moved from that big house to um Conan's parents house um uh, his father's house which wasn't permanent um then we had to go from there we found a uh, rental i think and then we went from that rental because another business opportunity arose and it was empty again so we lost that. I mean, we it wasn't because we couldn't pay rent. I remember they weren't happy with us being in there because um, someone said we had someone sleeping in the garage and that was an absolute lie. So, yeah, we, we, felt, we got offended because we were like, we are so honest and loyal and we don't like being um, accused and now we don't want to pay you the money that you want for your rent. So we moved back to Conan's mum's house and we really settled in there. We took a trip to Fiji and then we prepared... Um, For the year after, so that was two thousand and sixteen, I think, and then two thousand and seventeen, we were preparing for um, Disneyland in LA. So, all of that happened, Um, but in between that, I had um, uh, Conan didn't get a job because he had to go for a medical and. It went from one thing to another. I mean, it was sleep apnea, high blood pressure. And then we went to this one doctor and he says, oh, it's not none of that. It's cancer. And so a whole new wave of fear and anxiety was experienced that year. So in 2016, we actually were in Conan's mum's house. We decided, no, we're not going to do, we're just going to like, Conan was doing interstate work, which is in Australia. um, It's work in the mines. And we decided it was too hard on the family. We needed to strip right back to and, and rethink everything. So we stopped doing that type of work. And yeah, we were unemployed. And when I remember sitting in the room at his mum's house in our bedroom. Uh, and I was like, I need, I need a word from the Lord. So I opened up the Bible and I was in the book of Deuteronomy. I don't even know the story of Deuteronomy. But I was in there and I started reading from chapters 6, six to 8 particularly in 8 it talks about um how god will give us um springs valleys and hills and a land with wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and olive oil and honey um also speaks about how we um will be given um houses filled with good things and um all of these great things but even, as I was reading those, I started to see the picture of the valleys and I started to see the picture of the brooks and I was like, that looks like a cool place to live. It was a promise from God. It's, something had happened in my spirit and I just got so excited as if I was getting it that day. I said to Conan, look at this, look at this. And I remember thinking, read this. This is our promise. So we lived on that promise from 2016 till today. So 2017 came, we uh, successfully went to... Um, Disneyland to the States we came back and I went deep into depression and anxiety and it felt like it came out of nowhere I had befriended a friend and she's an older woman older than me and I just remember texting her saying can you please come Like I knew I was in trouble because I couldn't stop crying and I didn't know what was making me cry and I couldn't hope for the future so she came her and her daughter, her daughter started uh to play the guitar and started singing, and I just remember crying at the table and It was the best cry in my life because I felt like they they knew what was going to happen they they could see what was happening in me, and I cried the best cry and i was just all this grief poured out so i started she started to really walk me through the word, and uh so spiritually, I was beginning to become stronger but i also have to, i also had to go to the doctor to the psychologist mum said to go and get this you know and thank god for my mum because i needed both um i needed to go to the psychologist and get help so i could put names to the things that i was feeling like why i had a heavy chest what's on my mind what she this woman helped me to she pulled it all out of me and i came out healthy and stronger uh, and strong healthy and strong um Spiritually that year it was really tough because I began to learn what was in the Bible and, for example, Jesus when they struck when they struck him with the whips, it created stripes. So when the Bible says by his stripes you were healed, it's a promise because When every time he got struck, blood come out of his body and the blood is what pays the price so it purchases a promise for us and so I knew this and people were getting sick and dying of cancer that year like lots of people and so I was trying to not only walk my walk out it was the most exciting part but also apply what I was learning to the lives of others so um, and I was getting disappointed and I was losing faith because these people unfortunately were dying it was a horrible year but it was also a year that I needed to do because I needed to go through that to make me who I am today. The following year in 2018, we said to our pastors, ah, we want to go home because we felt like the Lord said we're going home and it was very strong. So we even took a walk through the bush and we started just, both Conan and I were like, yeah, after that walk, we were like, let's go, let's make the plan. So we went back to our pastor and we were like, had a coffee or tea at his house, can't remember what it was. And I said, oh, we're going back to New Zealand. And he was like, what? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And um, he didn't want us to go. But he did say, I don't want yous to go. I don't think yous are ready to go. But if the Lord's telling you, who am I to stand in the way? Do you know how much respect we had for that man after that? Because he made it very clear that he's not the boss. He's not the, he's not, ultimately God is. And so he was humble enough to step out of the way. And I felt like, We can trust this. We can trust him, our pastors. We can trust them because they have our best interest at heart, and they know the authority that God has overall. They're not in control, so. Um, we trusted them and they said, we'll pray into it. And we said, okay. So we, we left it to them and we tried to apply for jobs back in New Zealand and no doors were opening, absolutely none. We couldn't get a job. We couldn't finish our lease. We couldn't sell the car. We couldn't do any of that stuff and no doors open. So Conan and I settled back into life in Australia and we were okay with that. Come 2019, we went to England and um, we went for a wedding and Conan and I paid for nine days in a, um, it was the cheapest Airbnb accommodation that we could find for seven people. And uh, yeah, we rented out this chalet-style house on a farm surrounded by sheep. And when we got there, it, again, it was like that feeling I had felt when I walked into playgroup. The warm feeling, the sweet feeling. Um, this is what I want for my children feeling. And so we spent nine days there just really seeking the Lord, like, okay, are we going back to New Zealand or what? So we went back to New Zealand and we left it for a week because our pastors had said never to make a a decision on holiday. So, you know, we listened and we left it for a bit, but the the desire was still pretty much there. And so we said to our pastor, look, I think we're going to go back to New Zealand and, uh, yep, we did that whole, we'll pray for you, don't think you're ready thing again. <laughs> and, um, so that's what we did, but this time the doors did open. One very, um, very important thing to share is that we used to pray and we still do, but at that time we were praying with our younger baby, babies, Carlo and Crimson, um, every night when we put them to bed and they, we were praying for New Zealand, snow and, um, New Zealand, snow and Disneyland again. They wanted to go back to Disneyland. Every night we would pray that prayer. So when we got the elders to pray for us at church, they said they gave us a word and said, we feel like the Lord will give you an answer by the end of the week. And he did. He didn't disappoint. The following Sunday to the day, my friend came over and said, where are you going back to New Zealand? And we said, we don't know. Wherever the door opens, we will walk into it. And she says, how about Masterton? And we were thinking, where is Masadan? Like, where is this place? We didn't even know where Masadan was. Now, we are half, no, not half now, about an hour and a half from Porirua. So it's just so interesting where God has placed us because obviously we said yes. Uh, she showed us a photo of Masadan and the first thing we saw was the Rangers Ranges uh, covered in snow. And the house that her, that her mother owns was empty, um, filled with furniture, but no one lived in it. Uh, was on a five acre property and surrounded by sheep and a kid's playhouse and um, yeah so we said yes and all the doors opened and that's how we ended up in Mastodon so um, we have since moved from there because just the family needed their home back and God gave us another home that was twice the size of that with like seven acres and now we own a few sheep of our own um. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And I can now start going into um, the topics that I have written down. And yeah, I hope you stick around. I hope it's something that you find value in. Um, for me, this is a platform for me to offload um, everything that I've been through since I've been here. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening and um come back again soon when I have another topic to talk about and I won't keep them uh, too far in between it all like I'm ready to you know get into writing down what it is that I want to share. All right, be blessed guys and if you have any comments or questions, do send them along. I do love to help and I do love to pray and um yeah, we'll leave it at that. You guys have a blessed day. Bye.